my latest is uh, nut allergies, mm. which I never had my entire life. And it's only when I feel like the worst. Yeah. So like when my immune system is like fighting like the inflammation in my body. Yeah. I like if I eat like a pecan, my nut, my mouth is just like, oh, like really explode. Like, like it's not like I don't have like anaphylaxis. I'm, but like, you know, fortunately, but yeah, like it's a reaction. It's a reaction. Hi, I'm Brianne Bennis, and this is No End in Sight, a podcast about life with chronic illness. Today, I'm talking to my friend Erica about her experience with Crohn's disease. We talk a lot about well-meaning friends, adapting to your new reality, and navigating a working world that was not designed for people living with chronic illness. We actually recorded this interview almost a year ago, right after I stopped working, but before I found out that there was toxic mold in my house. If you want to hear more of that story, check out episode one. I apologize in advance for all of the background noise. My in-laws have a surprising number of chiming clocks in their home, but you'll only hear those in one other episode. I'm brand new to the production side of podcasting, so please bear with me while I learn how to make a clean and even recording. It's a work in progress. And of course, I've got a quick disclaimer. This podcast is not intended as a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Make sure you talk to your practitioner about any questions or symptoms. Hello, Erica. You, I believe, you got, did you get sick in high school? Is that right? Or was it earlier? Uh, it was earlier. Uh, I was sick when I was 11 uh, years old. Yeah. Uh, along with uh, moving to a new town, which mm-hmm. at that age is like, you know, a huge deal. Mm-hmm. That same year, I got uh, really sick with this like horrible virus. And then like, Slowly, like that next year after that, I think like a lot more symptoms started to manifest themselves. So, mm-hmm. yeah, the whole thing was probably my seventh grade year. Just in, like the whole school uh, year. School. Yeah, yeah. And when you first, okay, so you first got sick with something theoretically unrelated. And yeah. then did you go and like get treated for that and then keep not getting better and have to keep like trying to explain that you didn't feel better? As a kid, yeah, and like yeah. negotiate because did it take a while to figure out what was going on, or did they miss? Did they think that it was other stuff? Oh yeah, like all For of sure. those things. <laughs> yes, so I think so. The virus was one thing, and my the only reason I mention it is because my mom thinks it's connected to uh, like my body fighting off like a really bad um, infection. Like it was really bad. Like mm-hmm. uh, it was a virus, and I had it for like a week, and I just had like sores all over my mouth, and like. So basically, it was like the sickest I've ever been. Yeah. For me, I think that what I have has been in my body like since I've been a child, Mm -hmm. like in all honesty, Mm because I would remember like being in first grade and uh, my parents thought that I was lying when I said I had a stomach ache. Mm -hmm. So they gave my teacher these uh, fake peppermint pills so that I thought they were Tums, but like. I would take them and I'd be like, but I don't feel better, you know? Right. And they're just like, they thought I just had like an anxiety thing about being away from home. And I was just like, you know, like, you know, whatever. Yeah. But yeah. like looking back on it now, I'm just like, I think that I really was not feeling right even then. Right. And I didn't know exactly what it was. Yeah. As a six year old. Yeah, exactly. But, um, it, it kind of, that kind of faded away, like as I got older, but then, 
when I was like 11 or 12, the issue that kind of made us all question like what was going on was that I had, I was getting really high fevers and I was losing weight. Mm -hmm. And those two things were like enough for my parents to be concerned and to look, you know, like ask doctors what's going on. So, you know, it starts with a general, you know, pediatrician. They don't know. They send you to someone else. Uh, I've gotten, you know, they thought I had like bone marrow cancer, whatever that is. Uh, mm -hmm. I forget what it's called. Uh, yeah, leukemia. I don't know, but... Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. So it was leukemia was one thing. They thought, you know, it could be, I was just anemic. You know, there was a lot of, there was like a huge range of like possibilities. Mm -hmm. Did and you get did treated for things or like tested and then tested and then tested? Yeah. Lots of tests at first uh, to rule certain things out. Um, mm -hmm. And then it came back and they figured it out. And, you know, like at the time I didn't really like feel sick in that way. Like the way that they had told me, like you have this disease that attacks your you know, like intestines, like specifically, right? And, mm -hmm. Or your digestive system uh, makes it inflamed. And I was like, but my stomach doesn't hurt right now. Like why? Like right. that's, I have like, a bunch I don't, of fevers. Yeah. So like we were, me and my mom are like, I don't know if this is right. But then as I've gotten older, it has definitely made itself known as, yes, this is exactly what it is. So it's but at the time, disease. yeah, at the time it was not so clear, basically. Yeah. It like didn't so. feel any more obvious or true than any other diagnosis that you've been yeah and do right. they for Crohn's is it with a scope yes so they did yeah uh they had to do like a, a down my throat type thing and they take tissue samples and then uh <laughs> it's been 15 minutes yeah uh yeah and then they test them yeah and they're looking for tissue damage I think because it's similar to jeez okay Another clock just started. I think it's, we hit the hour, right? It's eight. Gee. Okay. Yeah, it's eight to you. Eight o'clock. Yep. So, but yeah, so, so they do it's, a scope it's, to diagnose. Yeah. They take uh, samples and then the samples come back and they tell them like it's inflamed is yeah. basically what it is. So We're there's inflammation. damage. Yeah. Yeah. And then, okay. And then for autoimmunity, do, do you start on immunosuppressants? Was that? Um, yes. They started probably tried me... a lot of drugs by now, but at the time. Yeah. So yeah. you're like 12 at this point? Yeah. And actually, so I think, yeah, I think I started on like some pills and that was kind of all I had to do was take like, you know, three pills a day or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and that was maintaining it and it was fine. And then, you know, as things got worse, I started to have to look into things like yeah, autoimmune, like immunosuppressant drugs. Mm -hmm. So until two or three years ago, I was on like a chemotherapy like drug for over 15 years or 16 years. Mm -hmm. I mean, I didn't, I don't notice the effects of it. It's not like, you know, when you actually get like right. a huge round of chemo when you're like nauseous and all this stuff. But like, like that's scale. the level, but then, yeah, that's the level of like medication that yeah is common. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then, okay. So that's, that's such a long period of time. And then it's been, in addition to the nut allergy we were just talking about, it's cause you've yeah. been hospitalized before. It's like, does it, is inflate, does it operate in flares? Is that typical? Yeah. 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 So and, you're fine. You can eat whatever you want. Yeah. Without a problem. And then sometimes it's like sensitive and you have to do something about it yeah 
Yeah, there's, if, for me, it's been kind of more, when I was younger, I felt, in, in, in honesty, like, I think until I got to grad school, like, mm-hmm. it was pretty well under control. Um, when and we always take the same meds. No, it's always meds. yeah. It's it's been like a moving target. Your body. The problem with like the medications I take and what my body does, because I guess this is not for everybody. Like not everyone's body does this, but mm-hmm. mine tends to like get used to a drug and then it builds up um, like antibodies to it and then it no longer works anymore. Mm. So I've had. I don't know, six, seven of like different types of mm-hmm. drugs that they've tried and things have worked and then they don't work. And then I've had ones that I've tried that just didn't work like at all. Yeah. Um, I call those the bad years. <laughs> um, but is it pain? Mostly pain, pain, indigestion, weight loss. Yeah. 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 Feel it. Imagine having like the stomach flu yeah. for months at a time. Uh, yeah like but you're not always like vomiting it's just like your stomach hurts in that way and like, yeah and eating it's is just on... unpredictable yeah, yeah exactly so yeah. and then yeah so but it felt mostly controlled until grad school and then because you were hospitalized yeah I was hospitalized three times over the course of my condition I think uh, once the big, the worst time was when I actually had to get like surgery. Um, when I was in college, I was my second, third year of college. I decided that it, I would, it was, one of my medications was causing a lot of skin issues mm-hmm. and it was, so anytime I went to the sun, it caused like these horrible rashes that like, just like burn my skin. They itch. It was awful. Yeah. So in my mind, I was like, I'm going to stop taking that and see what happens. Great. Well, my body did not like that at all. Yeah. <laughs> in hindsight, like the skin thing would have been like, okay, I just won't go out in the sun. But mm-hmm. yeah, it caused a hole in my like intestines. From not so, taking the meds. Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. So it had gotten to a point where it was so bad, it was like causing so much inflammation that it like created a hole and that is painful because your food like leaks out into your body (laughs) like at that point yeah so basically you just don't eat and I didn't eat for like weeks because they didn't know like what the issue was at first like they knew I was having pain but specifically they weren't sure and then they saw like in a scan like you have to do the you drink stuff and then they were like oh Oh, yeah that's not supposed to come out there yeah yeah they're like we can see something going out (laughs) into your body that's not supposed to be there like so they figured it out but yeah that was like the major the major surgery but then I've had to go a few other times just because my medicines weren't being like weren't working properly and I had to get like a round of uh what do you call it like steroids Mm. basically like an IV you know an IV level Mm -hmm. (laughs) like so a lot (laughs) but yeah do you think that with like something like deciding to stop taking your medication, there's a, a piece of it that's like being like, other people get to do this thing of going out the sun and it doesn't make sense that I can't do it either. Like compl- 100% compliance when other people aren't even thinking about this issue. Yeah. Like I reject the notion that my body can't figure it out. Yeah. yeah. And being like 20 years old and yeah. all your friends are like 
going out and like it was a I think I specifically remember it being around the time I went on a vacation and I was like with my friends and I was like this is ridiculous why am I doing this like this is like I feel fine and then like I obviously like had the repercussions of that yeah. action it turned uh, out not to out. be totally true yeah so it it wasn't exactly fine but um yeah I think it's this like especially when you you're not seeing like the effects of it you what you think your body like you it seems yeah. like at the time it wasn't necessary and right. that I had complete control over like what was going on in my body but like you just don't and you don't know and you can't always, see. like you can't predict what's going to happen. Um, yeah. So. I think one of the hardest things with, like, probably all chronic illnesses is that by the time you have a symptom that's obvious to you, like, a lot of damage has already been done. Which could yeah. be pain or, I mean, a lot of different stuff will manifest with skin problems or, like, kind of inflammatory reactions that are visible. You're like, yeah. oh, if it's gotten to that point... It's easy to yeah. be like, oh, this is the first sign of the problem. I'll just manage this. But it's like, no. Yeah. This is like very downstream of the original problem. Yeah. And I think, you know, like if we're talking about a lot of conditions that are like related to your immune system specifically, mm -hmm. like what I have is related to arthritis, which is related to eczema, which is related yeah. to like, you know, all these conditions that are like controlled by your autoimmune system. So yeah. Like the medicines I take, you know, people who have eczema or psoriasis or, you know, whatever, take mm -hmm. the same thing I do. Like, yeah. obviously lower dose, but like... That it's, it's so broad. It's all connected. Yeah. And like saying that, like when I would take certain medications, some of the like symptoms would be like really bad rashes mm -hmm. or your knees or your joints would hurt really bad. Yeah. And I've had all of that happen like mm -hmm. because of the side effects. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Do you, or like, have you cycled through trying, I don't know, other lifestyle interventions and stuff? I know, as you know, it's something that I've done a lot of. And I've, and mm -hmm. I for sure think I've done so much of it because I've had so much trouble with doctors themselves of like, yeah, I had so much trouble getting diagnosed and like getting taken seriously with symptoms that it was like, yeah. I've, I mean, I'm optimistic right now that I might be about to take some pretty heavy-duty antibiotics that will be helpful, but previously, mm -hmm. like, everything that I've ever been prescribed has not made a difference or only made me feel worse, and so I got to a point where I was like, okay, cool, radically changing my diet, radically mm -hmm. changing some other stuff about my life is my only option. And I'm curious about, like, what, what other people do, because there's such a range of, like, some people who probably get one medication once and it makes them forget that they even have a problem. And then yeah. people who don't get taken seriously at all and like somewhere in the middle. So have you run many experiments on your what to eat, yeah. meditating, whatever it is? <laughs> yeah. Yes. And there's, it's funny cause like it, there's been like two, I'd say like two waves of like my like, severity I guess of symptoms in which I've like kind of been like okay I'm gonna try something different mm -hmm. the first time was just like at first when I was not having as much of an issue mm -hmm. um I found that a lot of so I think another thing to like talk about is the fact that when you're sick 
like a lot of people want to help and mm -hmm. they want to give you advice and they want to tell you like yes. what other people have told them works for them and that should yeah. probably work for you too right yeah so you know and like it's it's coming from a good place but it's not always the most you know like it doesn't always work <laughs> right um, especially for someone who has something that's much probably more severe than someone else who doesn't right yeah so The first time I'd say it was like when I was first diagnosed, I tried like a whole bunch of um, more like natural pills to take. So like mm -hmm. uh, aloe vera capsules and like a lot of herbs and things like that, that might help um, mm -hmm. um, to kind of pseudo replace uh, my medicine, which, you know, it never really took. So like that didn't really help. Yeah. But whatever. Um, I've tried like going to a chiropractor. I've tried. Uh, what else have I tried? <laughs> Uh, well, therapy, but that's like a separate issue. But, but um, I think very related to something of like, your life is always going to be different than your peers. Yeah. yeah. And um, you get to grieve and hopefully accept that kind of. Yeah. Yeah. And I went to someone who specifically like knows about my condition and like, mm -hmm. you know, so it was more of a medical like yeah situation that we're talking about it like clinically. Mm -hmm. Um. What else have I done? I feel like I've done a lot of things. I've looked into acupuncture. I didn't actually do it because my insurance like didn't cover it or something like mm. that. Mm -hmm. um, and I've actually like looked into when I moved here uh, a few years ago when I was on a medicine that like my doctor was trying, but like it was just it was not working for me like at all. So you know they want you to try it for six to eight months. That's and, a long time. And, yeah, and so like during that time I was on this, but I was also on. Um, steroids which are terrible if you take them long term like they're horrible for your body mm -hmm. and so like it messes up with your mind and your emotions and like yeah. your face and just like how you feel as a human being it makes you feel very different than like your normal right so like at that time I was also just like desperate because I wasn't feeling good and I was like I think I'm gonna look into like medical marijuana like yeah. that is something I would think might help me um At the time, it wasn't legal in Illinois, mm -hmm. so I couldn't get it. And I looked at trying to get it in Michigan, but I like couldn't because I also wasn't a resident there anymore. Right. So, so that like, was kind of like a be certified. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like a path that I like actually had wanted to try to see yeah. if it would help. I mean, I think it would have been like only helpful in like smaller instances not to fix the whole problem but right on a day-to-day -day basis when you're just like i don't even feel like eating food like that's when something like that is yeah you know, to stimulate your helpful yeah and yeah. i think now it's still on like like state by state thing but on like corners of the internet where people are talking about chronic illness i see more and more people wondering about cbd oil which is like right the won't yeah. get you high version of mm -hmm. marijuana And if you're in a state where they have, like, medical is legalized, there's more and more products coming to market all the time. So probably that's something that we'll know more about really soon. Although yeah. I think on the CBD side, that's more pain management, I think, compared mm -hmm. to either appetite, appetite, appetite <laughs> stimulation or, like, I mean, people prescribe it for anxiety a lot, too. You know, yeah. like, if you're really sick and you're, in my case, frankly... My, I live in California where it's fully legal. Ooh, phone. I actually opened up down the street from where I live to have like CBD stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's like just because I was like, wait, 
there's a pot leaf on the outside. Is this a medical dispensary? Yeah. And then I was like, no, this is something different. So I like looked into it and I was like, oh, this is different. So I actually mm-hmm. have been wanting to like go and go in just to see like what they say, if they know anything about like mm-hmm. someone with like a chronic condition and like what, if they can recommend anything, because yeah, I mean, and- it'd be nice to have like on a day when you're just like, I feel like garbage, like what can I do yeah. other than take what I've been prescribed? Yeah. So. Yeah, that's such a good question. And I think, like, the thing about other people wanting to help is a really on-point statement of, like, yeah. I think with – if people are only, like, kind of familiar with illness in one way, they think it's something that, like, really can be solved and are like, oh, I just want – I want you to be better so that our friendship can get back to normal. And so I'm going to keep suggesting things. And, like, yeah. it can get so exhausting because you're, like, this is it, – it gets to a point where it feels, like, victim-blaming. Like, yeah. that by suggesting new things for someone to try all the time, like, or for me to try all the time, it's, like, you're suggesting that if I would just do this one – like, it's my fault that I'm sick because I haven't tried every yeah. single possible thing that's ever helped anybody. Yeah. And it's, like, it's a lot of work. It's actually a lot of work for yeah. most of the things make no difference. Yeah, exactly. And then you're, like – out money and you're out like time and you're just like it's like one of those things like once I felt like I got to a certain point I just didn't even like I don't really invest like Mm -hmm. in it's it sounds bad but I just don't even like if someone's like oh I know someone who has that and they do xyz and I'm just like I don't even really like yeah I, I don't even like invest in it because I think that like and I don't want to sound like, and because this is, this sounds good and bad. Like, it's just like, I know my body and I know that I think I have like a, a worse condition than like probably more than like 70% of people who have what I have. Mm-hmm. Now there's people who have it way worse than I do. Who've had right. like, you know, like the colostomy things and they're just like, that's their life. And they've had a lot more surgeries than me, but mm-hmm. I know like the only thing that helps me right now is actual like prescribed like hard medications like unfortunately yeah and like my body's now dependent on it so there's like nothing that I can even do if I wanted to right I have to continue to take it you know Mm -hmm. so yeah and how I mean especially because yours is really directly digestive how does food fit into the mix because like as I definitely know and I'm sure you know there's like a million different dietary protocols that you can try and like yeah I do I, I think that they are helpful to a point but I also think that they're like anxiety inducing do you yeah is that something that you play around with very much or is it like mostly exhausting <laughs> I I have that's another thing that first I did do uh like quite a bit of, of is like yeah. yeah um but I think you kind of learn especially with what I have like it's it's very like unfortunately it's kind of like cut and dry and like one of the things like there's there's um something called like the FODMAP diet which is specifically for you know people with like inflammatory conditions Mm -hmm. um so I did that for a while I've tried other things and the the only thing that's really like stuck for me is being vegetarian and Mm -hmm. like that was more of a for me it wasn't like an ethical thing as much as it was like a an actual like physical like you found meat hard to digest Yes, exactly. And like red meat specifically. And I, for me, like, I just didn't see like the value in like continuing to like 
you know, do something that I didn't think was good for my body anymore. Yeah. Um, but there are things that like, there's, there's things that I know that I have to make adjustments for and that being like, no, like fresh things like on certain days, you know, like, and it's just like constant, like going back and forth about like, okay, I can do this today, but I can't do this tomorrow. Like it's kind of judging like what, it's like engaging, I guess. Yeah, constantly. like how the day feels. Because, yeah, like, exactly. FODMAP I have not spent a lot of time paying attention to, but I know it's about, like, what ferments inside of your digestive tract yeah. and avoiding, like, onions and it. Yes. Kind of like avoiding nightshades. It's, like, a really mysterious list of things because it's yeah. not, like, a food family, but it's just fermentable, whatever, whatever. I'm sure yeah. this is something I could look up if I want to explain it. But yes, it's it's very specific. And I, I mean, I had no idea how much validity it has. I, it's not something that I was like, oh, this works for me forever. I'm going to continue to do yeah. this. But but it, like, it does. It absolutely works for some people. Like, yeah, that's yeah. Which probably has I mean, to do with your natural like microbiome and what's in there. And yes. Yeah. There's so and much it's based, about all that. It's based on, like, science. So it's not something that's, like, oh, this is going to help you lose weight. Because I yeah. actually read an article about it, like, when I was, like, in on the train in, like, my news app, right? And it was something about that becoming, like, they're, like, it specifically said, like, I hope this does not become a fad diet because this is not meant to be that. Yeah. But, like, it was explaining, like, what it was and stuff like that. But, yeah. I get so mad at the, like articles about gluten-free diets that are like gluten-free is actually bad for you where they're like people just trying to find new hot takes on something over and over again and it's just yeah. like let people just eat what they want to eat like yeah sure I believe that there are people who eat gluten-free because they think it will help them lose weight but like if you just eat gluten-free products that are made of rice and corn instead it's going to be the same as whatever you're eating like are there people who don't pay attention to like the science behind this stuff sure and like but are there people who legitimately benefit from these interventions even if their gp tells them it won't make a difference like yes relax people who write about this for a living yeah food and now nuts apparently now nuts are out (laughs) yeah uh some days yeah like i said it's it's a moving target like yeah it yeah. just depends on, like, the level. I think it really has something to do with, like, the level of inflammation in my body. Yeah. So if it's, like, feeling really crappy, it's like, oh, those are the days I probably shouldn't go near, like, nuts. Yeah, like, like at all. nuts and seeds and maybe even legumes, like, stuff in that family that can be tricky to digest. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. I got, like a, like, a skin test last year, and, like, he's like, oh, yeah, like, you are allergic to, like, oh. specifically, like, almonds and pistachios and things like that. But sometimes I can, like, eat them and nothing happens. Yeah. So I know I probably shouldn't. It's probably not a good idea, but... <laughs> I mean, I still, like, definitely, occasionally, I'm like, I eat gluten-free. I pretty much eat grain-free because I have skin problems if I don't. But, like, I will eat cupcakes sometimes or, like, whatever, you know. Whatever. You also have to, like, live your life. Yeah. Sometimes. Even if people who aren't sick think that you're just making yourself sick or bothering sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, um, there's just, like, no judgments. Yeah, like, relax. Yeah, okay, so that's my... Ooh. So that's my kind of final question on the thing is how... I forget how I phrased it, but, like, have you noticed since getting sick, and for you it's such a big part of your life, but I'm sure, like, every time you go into new environments it matters. How, does it, how do you feel like it impacts 
relationships or was it tough in your family? And then was it tough making new friends at school while being really sick? Like any version of this question that makes sense to you, basically. <laughs> uh, it's been, uh, yeah, I would <laughs> say there's so many like layers to that question because yeah. there's so many, you know, different types of relationships. I'd say like for me and my like mom specifically, it's definitely brought us way closer together, I think, than mm -hmm. anybody in like my family. Just mm -hmm. because she is in the medical field, so she has an understanding of what's going on, and she like also is the person that talks to me the mo the most and who checks in with me about it the most. Yeah, no one else really, like my dad or stepmom or whatever, really checks in with me on that. It's my like sister not though in their also. No, I mean, like, they'll remember every once in a while, and, like, unless I bring it up, they'll be like, oh, you know, like, it's kind of something they probably, like, semi-forget semi about, because yeah. it's not, if it's not in the forefront, it's not, and they, I mean, not that I think they should constantly asking me, because it's kind of annoying, too. Right. But, like, you know, like, they just don't fully understand it as much, I don't think. Yeah. But, like, like I said, my sister, who is also a nurse, I think has a little more understanding and, like, mm -hmm. empathy about it, too, because she'll ask me a lot about it yeah because um, she understands I think what it means to have it and to live with it because she like you know studied nursing she knows a little bit about these things yeah um but I I don't know like friendship wise I don't think it's that it was never that difficult because it's never something that I talk about until I'm comfortable enough with that person to tell them yeah like for instance I've started a new job like five months four months ago mm -hmm. and nobody at my job really knows yeah what's going on and like I try to keep like that separate as much as I can because I think when you're in like social relationships that's the one time that like that doesn't define me yeah everyone else who knows me knows that about me yeah and like these people like, they don't know. It's kind of, like, fresh, you know? And you get to, like, be a regular person as long yeah, as you're... exactly. Like, as long as, as long your as body like... doesn't need accommodations. Yeah. Yeah. And then, like, right now, like, I have a... Like, I have an appointment on Friday, and I have to be gone all day. So, like, it's, like, I've had to kind of tell people, you know, like, a couple mm -hmm. people ago, I have a person, oh, my God, are you okay? Like, is it something serious? And you're, like, I don't want to talk about this. Yeah. But, like, I... Like, I... It's nice that you're concerned, but it's like, you know, like, yeah. I don't really want to get into like all of that. It's a hard line to toe because, mm -hmm. yeah, like I said, it's not, I don't always want it to be like, I don't want people at work to see me as like, oh, well, she can't do this because of this. Yeah. Like, I don't want to be seen as somebody who can't accomplish like something that like is a team goal right. or like something that's required for a project because mm -hmm. of this. But at the same time, like as things like in in periods when I feel the worst I've realized like sometimes like that that might not be realistic like, yeah and it may not be realistic for me to think like that I can do the same things as everyone else can all the time like yeah. I just which is hard yeah. it's fucking hard in your yeah. 30s like yeah and in your 20s when you started working to be like Ah uh, yes, I'm young. I should be able to do whatever I want. My body should respond the way that I want it to. And like, yeah, yeah. I like. I'm interested too in the question, basically, of disclosure of being like, when you're healthy, you don't want to tell people because you're like, 
It doesn't matter. Yeah, this is relevant, yeah. Yeah, but something that always would be, like, ch- tough for me is the, like, but if I wait until I'm sick, then it sounds like it's out of nowhere. Yeah. Which I guess is, like, screw those guys if they're, like, you're making this up. But, yeah. I don't know. It's such a weird thing to navigate. And then I feel like I can hear Brian in the background, but... Yeah, he's making eggs. <laughs> <laughs> but like, was it a, has it been a thing for you with dating to be like, when do I tell people with dating? Or was that not, it wasn't a big enough problem that you thought about it a lot. I'm just curious. <laughs> no, I definitely thought about it a lot. <laughs> so yeah. For sure. Because there have been times like when, I mean, there's times when it wasn't a big deal. And like, it was like, oh, I'm just going out with people. Like, this is something that like is not something a topic that would ever come up yeah and like if you're casual then it doesn't matter yeah yeah right and for me like it's always been pretty natural like it's just when it's the right time just be like Mm -hmm. oh yeah there's this thing you know yeah um or like if you're spending enough time with someone that they're familiar with your medication schedule yeah yeah that's always like the the icebreaker is like you bringing like a baggie full of medicines over and you're like like wait what's all that it's like oh yeah I need to take these to live so but yeah I don't think like the at first it never really was an issue like because you know you yeah. go out on first date like why would I ever right like you know yeah and most of the time it's like that's something so personal like it's not something I'd ever want to share with somebody unless like yeah. I felt like you know and you don't need going somewhere. Yeah, and like you don't need to incorporate it into your day-to-day life. And a thing that I always think about is the Babysitters Club movie. I feel like I <laughs> lately I've been talking about this a lot, but I haven't rewatched that movie in at least like ten or fifteen years. But one of the characters in that movie is diabetic, and she like oh yeah. Do you do you remember this? Yes, she like it's a, goes on a hike with a cute Stacey? boy. Let's say Stacey that it's Stacy. That's definitely one of them. It's like the blonde one. It probably is. She probably Dawn. is Stacy. Mm. I feel like no, Stacy. I feel like it might be Stacy. Yeah, I know what you're talking about though. Yes, but she, yeah, she's like she's diabetic, and then she also is like a youth. She's not an adult, but goes on a hike with a cute boy and like doesn't doesn't bring her insulin or doesn't bring like snacks because she just needs something on hand anyway. And then she has an episode, and he's like completely unprepared, and yeah. then like the whole thing, the whole thing escalates so much more. And you're like, shit, there are some things where, like, you need the people around you to immediately know. And there's, like, a yeah calibration, depending, I guess, on how much time you spend with someone and, like, what may <laughs> conceivably <laughs> come up. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's all, it's all interesting to me. Always yeah. and also right now. <laughs> yeah it is it's so funny because like I've had this for over 20 years right so like and and to be honest I've never talked to anybody who has the same thing I do Mm -hmm. not once Mm. ever and like that's always been something that I've been curious about and recently I was like should I like go to one of these like meetings but then it's like I don't know like do I want to invest my time in like mm-hmm. energy into meeting someone who has the same thing as me to talk about this thing that like we both have that we both like it's terrible and we don't want to talk about it but like I don't know like lately I've been also kind of like grappling if like that's something that's like something I should do 
Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I once once did like a you know how they have like walks and runs for like people with you know for everything whatever, cancer everything yeah so I did that for like what I have once and like my family came and it was nice and whatever but I like haven't really like done anything to engage mm-hmm. with like the community of people who have what I have yeah and, like in a way I also like disengage from like doing a lot of like hardcore research about it mm-hmm. maybe it's just like a defense mechanism or it's just like I if I look at it like it'll be more real yeah I mean I've done some like periodic things but nothing that's like mm-hmm. super in-depth like I don't want I think it's because I also just don't want to know like in a way like is there something that like am I doomed to like have you know this happen to me I don't want to think about that type right stuff. what's the worst case scenario yeah yeah I like having gone through down so many rabbit holes now I'm like I get super researchy because because if you have something that works you don't need to and if you're trying to figure, find something that works then it's like I don't maybe not non-optional I'm just also an intensive reader but like you can on the one hand there's like finding out what the worst case scenario is and kind of terrifying yourself and then on the other hand there's like finding finding for yourself instead of from like well-meaning friends other things that you can maybe do that might help certain things and then you can still kind of create that trap for yourself of being like am I not doing enough am I not doing enough to be like kind of better but I don't know I've recently spent more time on like the chronic illness subreddit which is super broad and then there's Facebook groups for literally everything and yeah I don't know that I would necessarily endorse them but at least like because there's such a broad population of people on Facebook yeah but it could be a good toe dip compared to going somewhere and being like well now I'm stuck in a room with these people whether I like them or not I know. And be yeah. like, I can just passively read the kinds of conversations people have when they all share this thing and see, yeah. is it like commiserating? Is it, I think it's some combination of that, like commiserating, like sharing research articles and like talking about medical experiences. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, I've read things from like their, from postings before and like responded every once in a while. I'll do that. Like, just cause I feel like, people have questions about like medications and how that like those Mm -hmm. worked for them. And Mm -hmm. like, you know, but like the problem of doing that is like everyone's different. So like telling someone that something didn't work for you doesn't mean like it's not going to work for them. Yeah. So that's like a hard thing. I mean, but I guess if they're looking for like, you know, like all of the possibilities that could happen, like with, you know, taking X, Y, and Z or whatever, like, that might give them like an idea of the fact that like, Oh, my doctor told me this could work, but and you think going in like it could, and it's going to help. And then it might not, like it just might not work for them. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause there's always those people who, you know, it's just, everyone responds differently. Yeah. 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 And then there are always some people also who are like, I've had this condition for my entire life and it dominates all of my time and mental energy. And I'm here to tell everybody else how to do it. Yeah. Which is... Yes. Like, I'm the person who, like, only passively, like, dips the toe in the pod as I'm walking by, just like, hi, like, okay, I'm going to leave now. Like, yeah. like, I don't want this to be my whole life. But I think, like, recently, since I've been feeling, like, not so good, and that's why I'm, like, going to have a procedure done again on Friday, mm-hmm. um, it's just, like, coming to realizations about, like, what 
what my limitations are and what the fu- my future even really looks like. Yeah. I think it's scary to think about like the fact that like what I'm doing for work is sometimes like I find I get very anxious when I'm like, oh, I have to like be like in a car for two hours. Like, I don't think I can do that. Like, or I'm just going to not eat the whole day before, you know, like things like yeah. that that are like, I have to readjust like my life based on like my job. And I like, it really don't like having to do that. Yeah. And sometimes I'm just like, is this just not going to work out? Like, is it just like what I'm doing, like working, you know, the hours I am like going to work downtown and like having to commute, like are those things that I've just like, am eventually going to have to like give up if yeah. I don't get better. Um, and like, how do I do that? Like, yeah, I have to still have a job, <laughs> like, you know? Yeah. So it's like, how do you navigate like, what your physical limitations are with like your career sometimes. And I'm sure you're in the, like a similar situation being that you're, you said you were taking some time off, right? Like yeah. trying to figure all this stuff out. So like, yeah, it's frustrating to be like, why can't I do what I know I can do, but like my body just won't let me right now. Yeah. I, and I like, I absolutely, that's, that's 100% where I am. Because I get, got to a point where I was like, this work that should be really easy for me, I'm just, I'm having trouble delivering it on time. And it's like creating dread and a ton of stress. And that makes it worse. Like it becomes this like self-perpetuating problem. And so mm-hmm. I'm definitely like, one, trying to focus on like getting out of the flare that I'm in right now, which is, it's like a full-time job for when you're in it. Like, mm-hmm. um, so it's like, okay, well, I have to give that all of my attention. And then realistically, like for me applying for a full-time job where I have to go somewhere every day, like that just doesn't, I think that's a recipe for falling back for backsliding. And so I definitely, I have questions about like, it's one, I want to work, you know, it's not just like the obvious, it would be good to be able to like live somewhere and feed myself, but like, I want to be working. I want to be you know, participating in the world around me. And if we have this one model that doesn't work and like, not just for me, something that I become more and more aware of as I read more and more about chronic illness and stuff is it's like, there's a a lot of people. There's a lot of people with autoimmunity. There's a lot of people with other chronic illnesses who like on the one hand are homebound or on the other hand are like barely surviving and they can't be good contributing members of the workforce because jobs aren't tailored to them. And it's like, yeah, if this is so many people, we need other models for work. And, and like, yeah. because of what you're saying, and it's like, you're trained, you have a professional degree, like you can competently contribute, but if the system doesn't let you contribute in an, like other hourly rotations, and it's like, these are such arbitrary limits that maybe work for, I don't want to, ballpark a percentage there but a portion of the population but are like actively hurting other people then yeah I don't know it's an open question mark for me right now too for sure yeah yeah I mean I mean we've talked I mean the the whole thing we're probably going to move anyway but Mm -hmm. like now the big question is like when we do that like for me to research firms that will allow me to work from home like yeah you know xyz amount of days at least like two or three or whatever yeah so i don't have to feel bad about like yeah. not 
physically being there when my body's just like, no, like maybe my body is like, because I always feel worse in the morning. So right. like, getting to work is always the worst part. Mm-hmm. And like, if I have to like be on the train for half an hour and I'm just like, I don't feel well, like it's always a struggle. Yeah. So like having like cushion time to be like, okay, well I'm going to go into work at like 10 instead and like mm-hmm. work, I'll work at home for like two hours and then I'll go in or like whatever. Like having that flexibility is like, going to be like pretty important yeah. I think I mean who knows maybe I'll feel great in two years but yeah probably not yeah <laughs> but like having the ability to control your own schedule and like for your like employer to trust that you're doing what you need to do mm-hmm. so it's like a huge gonna be a huge thing like for the future jobs that I probably look into yeah and like explaining to somebody who doesn't get it yeah be like the other yeah be like listen you're you're getting worse performance from me right now because of this like yeah because I totally stressed out yeah and yeah I'm like for yeah I also not every morning but I'm like my mornings are just inconsistent like I don't know how I'm gonna wake up every day and it's like if you need me to push through it no matter what it's gonna be worse than if I can go back to sleep and then work from like 11 to 7 or whatever like yeah yeah yeah. And there's something in there of being like, I want to take care of my body and not become like a really sad sack person who thinks that nothing yeah. will ever get better, but also right. like build a life that isn't just torturing me for what I can't do or get to be like, okay, I want to work on accepting that it might always feel like this and then plan for like, what is the best possible world where that's also true? Yeah. I don't know. Cause I think like, and maybe I, this is something that I maybe will incorporate into questions more moving forward. It's like there there's kind of like, especially in the online groups and stuff is it's like, there's this like sad edge of like people who are homebound, who are really, really depressed. Mm-hmm. And it's like, the world doesn't make space for you. And it's like, how do you take care of yourself so that you don't kind of end up wherever that is? That's also yeah. just an open question, not a question that I expect you to have the answer to. Oh, I have the, no, I don't have the answer. Yeah. But it's just like, it's kind of in there and it, and it depends because everyone's, everyone's conditions and experiences of those conditions are so different, but it's like, sometimes yeah. things aren't working and you just have to trust that they'll get better and not like fall yeah. apart in the meantime. Right. Yeah. <laughs> You have to hope, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And so does everybody, but their lives just handle it differently. Or their yeah. bodies respond differently, maybe. Yeah. I mean, there's, we're, like, given limits, I feel like, when you have something like this. And, like, I think the the hardest part is, like, coming to terms with those, like, limits and those, like, realities that are, like, oh, yeah, like, you know, like, I want to go to Spain and I want to work there for a year. Like, yeah. I, ever since I've been little, like, that's just not a dream or a reality that, like, unfor- like unfortunately, like, that I can, like, engage in. Because I've always, like, known, like, this is an issue. And I'm, like, I know what the limits of, like, what I can do are, like, realistically. And just, like, it's just, like, you have to sort of, like, come to terms with, like, those realities. And, like, yeah. It's kind of sad, but it's, like, you know, like, once you do, I think it's just a matter of like navigating them and like finding everything in between that like is like something that is good and and, like exciting and something you can do yeah Um, and and recalibrating because it's it's true it's like 
one of the things that's the most frustrating, especially with the internet at large, is like inspirational memes that are like, you can do whatever you want. And if you're not doing it, it's because you don't want it enough. And you're like, yeah, thank you for mm. your new term that I've heard lately is like health privilege. Like, that's what that is. Like, yes. Yeah. Yes. For other barriers, that could be true. But yeah. But it doesn't mean, yeah, it doesn't mean that you have to have, like, a sad life. It just means, like, reshaping. Yeah. Thinking of it as an optimization problem right now. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many, like, barriers to that. When you're in your own mind, generally, I think it's like, oh, well, people are going to like me if I do X, Y, Z, or I'm not going to, you know, like, the outcomes of everything are going to be different if, X, you know, if I have, like, this condition, people are going to treat me the same. You know, like, it's all these mental barriers, but I think it's also like educating like the people that are close to you and mm-hmm. like being like, I am not different. I just can't drink all the time or I just can't like, you know, party until 2am because my body does not let me do that anymore. Like these kinds of things, you know, it's just like having a somewhat awareness, like, yeah. And there's like going back to like relationships and like, there's people I feel like that, are my friends who know like a little bit and enough just to be like, okay, like I know she can't do this. Like, I don't fully understand like why, but like, that's just who she, you know, like, yeah, that's not a plan we're making. Yeah. And then there's just like people who know obviously a lot more, Mm -hmm. but, and I think it's good to have those range because then it's, I mean, like I said, like, it's great to have people who know your issues intimately because you can talk Mm -hmm. to about it. But then there's like, I just want to, like, go out and have fun and, like, yeah. not have to talk about, like, think about it. Yeah. So I'm going to go out with these people who know, like, nothing about my situation. <laughs> yeah. And it works. Yeah. And it's, it's like, that combined with, for me, and, like, having been just, like, sicker the last month being, like, shit, I need to make sure that there are people who are in this circle, though, because otherwise I'm not going to see anybody. But, like, not <laughs> yeah. everybody... I mean, it's not even possible and I don't think you'd want it to be like, not everybody is going to, is the kind of friend that you're like, cool, I haven't showered. Do you want to come and watch a movie with me at two in the afternoon? Because that's the kind of socializing I'm up for right now, but (laughs) this won't be my whole life. And so like managing those kind of circles. Yeah. Yeah. The world. Yeah. That's it. It's an interesting place. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. As we've come to realize. Yeah here yeah anyway that's it i think that's it thank you for listening to the second episode of no end in sight i've got more great stories lined up for future episodes so make sure you subscribe on itunes google play or wherever you get your podcasts if you want to commiserate with me on twitter you can find me at bennis b And if you want to share your story with me, just click my bio link there to schedule an interview. I would absolutely love to hear from you. I also recently started a Facebook group called Chronic Hustlers for people living with chronic conditions who are self-employed. So if you're freelancing or running an Etsy shop or managing your own Fortune 500 company, I'd love it if you joined. Last thing. This podcast is supported by my cross-stitch company, Digital Artisanal. When I'm up for it, I make simple modern patterns that you'll actually want to hang in your home. For me, cross-stitch is a perfect way to occupy my mind and my eyeballs during flares when I mostly watch long TV marathons. I'd love it if you checked us out at digitalartisanal.com.